Let's also thank the Holy Spirit for being here today. <laughs> okay, if there's anyone here besides Matt, and including Matt, who's here for the first time, would you please stand up so we can see you and greet you? Okay, okay, okay. Welcome, 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 welcome. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome, welcome. Okay, after the service, if you don't have lunch plans, you who are here for the first time, or if you've been here a few times and haven't connected with anybody, come up here right after the church and find me, and several of us are going to walk about 20 meters over to um, this restaurant, where they have a South African buffet, and we'll eat together. So please know that you're welcome to join us for lunch, and it's on us, too. Last Sunday, I... Uh, shared with the congregation that it was the first time in six years that we have been in this building, or almost seven years, that uh, we were taking in a little water in this boat. Well, as John mentioned, uh, due to a couple of gifts this week, the boat is not taking in water. We're, we're deep in the water, but we're not taking in water, and it's a good thing. And I just wanted to share with you, because I, I think last Sunday was the second time I've ever spoken on finances, but I'd like to share with you something that I've shared with individuals, and now I'd like to share with the church. Listen real closely. May all your problems in life be financial or logistic. One more time. May all your problems in life be financial or logistic. And the third time, may all your problems in life be financial or logistic. Because this is it. Finances and logistics are not problems. They are only opportunities. Opportunities to see Father work. Let me tell you what problems are. Problems are health and problems are relationships. If you don't have your health, if you don't have your relationships, those are problems. May all your problems be financial or logistic. Those aren't problems, just opportunities. Relationships and health those are problems. And that's what Jesus came to do to solve this problem, to put us in a right relationship with Father. He poured out his blood that we can be rightly related to him. And because of the filling of the Holy Spirit, as we abide in him and he abides in us, we can be rightly related to one another. And that is very good news. And you know what? The only disease that will kill you will be the last one. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, because then you're with Jesus. So he will heal all your diseases except the last one. Okay? Okay, we've been going through Matthew 5, and uh, we finished up last week. We actually didn't finish. We were on, um, uh, we were talking about verse uh, 21, 27 through 30. And today I'd like to just bring that back real quick, and then we'll start, and that was on adultery. And then today we'll start on 31 and go forward, uh, and that is about divorce. But back to 27 through 30, Jesus says, You've heard that it has been said you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that whosoever looks lustfully on a woman has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to sin, just pluck it out and cast it from you. Because it's better for you that you lose one of your members than your whole body should perish. And if your right hand causes you to sin, just cut it off and cast it from you because it's better to lose a member that your whole body should perish. Now, we mentioned last week that this 
this, this lust that he's talking about, it's not just a man lusting after a woman. It can be a woman lusting after a man. It could be a man lusting after a Porsche. It can be a woman lusting after a house, lusting after a ring. It can be many things. He's telling us two things. It's just not our outward actions, just the thought of it. Just the thought of it misses the mark. Just the thought of it is sin. And the truth of the matter is, anything that we look to, anything that we lust after, other than him, is committing adultery. John tells us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these are not of the Father, but are of the world. And the world is passing away. So anytime you and I actually abide in anything other than Father, we are committing adultery with Father. James said, John says, you adulterers, you adulteresses, don't you know that the love of the world is enmity against God? He who loves the world is an enemy of God. That doesn't mean you can't like things. But if we give the love of our heart to things that are temporal and passing, we commit spiritual adultery. And adultery is what? Adultery is being unfaithful. Unfaithful to he who gave himself for us. Okay, the day each, enough, each of us was saved, a couple things happened. The first thing that happened is that nature that we came into the world with, this nature of Adam, this flawed DNA that's full of pride that wants to be like God, not in righteousness, but in power and position activity, not in the goodness of his personality, but in the greatness of his being. The moment you and I asked Christ in our heart, that nature of Adam was put to death in us. Okay, you're sitting over there saying, well, you didn't do a very good job of putting it to death in me. Well, yes, he did. It was put to death. But it's like a chicken that gets his head cut off. The, chicken, the second the head comes off, the chicken is biologically dead, but the life of the chicken continues to manifest. So, the second thing that happened is the Holy Spirit came into your life and into my life and recreated us. He took away our heart of stone. He gave us a heart of flesh. He wrote his law upon our hearts. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He, he created us in his, he recreated us in his likeness and righteousness, which is the sum of all that's good and holiness, which is the absence of all that's evil. You got the 9-0 download. You got the new man. And when you die, you don't get another new man. It, you, the new man gets no better than he is. The problem is the new man is listless. He has no strength. He has no ability to do the good he wants to do. So the third thing that happened is Father sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in each of us. To dwell in each of us. And as we abide in Him, as we abide in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit energizes this new man to empower him to do all the good he was created to do. We're all like toasters. If we're unplugged, you know, nothing's going to cook. Plug us in and we'll cook. And the same this way this new man is, he has to be fed. He has to be energized by the Holy Spirit to do the good he wants to do. Okay, so let's talk about the problems of lust in the world. Why do we lust? Lust is the strong desire to possess or to consume. Why, why do we do that? The reason we do that is because we're hungry. And why are we hungry? Because we haven't been feeding off the bread of life. This is why we're hungry. Proverbs says, to a soul that's full, to a, a soul that's completely satiated, even honey is not the least bit tempting. But to a soul that's starving, to a soul that's hungry, even bitter things are sweet. Even bitter things are sweet when we're hungry.
So young people, keep your souls fed. Keep them well fed. And even sweet things are not going to be the least bit tempting. Certainly not bad things. Okay, so let's, let's get down to the practicality of, of why do we fail? Why are we overcome by temptations? Why does this flesh, and that's what the old man, the carcass of the old man is now called our flesh. That's Romans 7. Paul says, in my flesh dwells no good thing. You've you got flesh and you have a spirit. The scripture says if you feed the spirit, you'll reap from the spirit. If you feed the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. So let's say we have two dogs inside of us. One dog is called the flesh, and one dog is called the spirit. Now, what dog are we feeding? Most of them. Well, you know, most of us aren't feeding the, the, the flesh with bad things, but we're feeding it, feeding it with just things that don't matter. We're filling it with reading a lot of books about boats. We're reading a lot of books about cars. We're reading a lot of books about sports. We're reading a lot of books about this and about that. Are any of those things bad? Absolutely not. But what happens when we keep feeding that flesh dog? He gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's maybe not even bad, but he's bigger and bigger and bigger. Actually, he is bad. He gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then this spirit we have over here, this little dog over here, Maybe five minutes a day, we, uh, or ten minutes a day, we, we read a little scripture. And then we maybe listen to about five praise songs on the way to work. And then we get to work, and the first temptation comes our way, and it always goes right to the flesh. And what happens? That flesh dog goes, Rrr. and the spirit dog is just like this little bitty Mexican chihuahua. <laughs> he doesn't have a chance. The spiritual dogs in many of us are just like chihuahuas. And the flesh dogs are just these huge, huge, big dogs. So what's the solution? It doesn't take any, a, a rocket scientist to figure this out. Just need to spend our time feeding this dog of the Spirit. And how do we do that? We do it by reading the Word of God. We do it by being in fellowship with one another like we are here this morning. We do it by worshiping. We do it when men get together one-on-one -on -one and one-on-two. Men sharpen men like iron. We get when older women get with younger women. Titus 2. All of these things feed the spiritual dog in us. And Jesus doesn't want us to be starved. Listen, Jesus spent more time every day with Father than any of us do. And he didn't need it half as much as many of us do. Why did he spend so much time with Father? Because he knew that he needed to be totally full. Total, that, that spirit in him had to be so full of Father that he could go all through every day. Every person he came in contact was needy, trouble, in distress. And Jesus needed to be the man through which the Father was shedding and flowing his life. Jesus showed us by example what it looks like to abide in the vine. Jesus abided in the vine of his Father, and the Father abided in him. And the same example to us is you and I abide in Christ. And what does that look like? To love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind. And what does that mean to love him? To love him means to trust him. To thrust ourselves into his arms with all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind. When we do that, then the greatest promise in scripture happens and he abides in us. Okay, verse 31, Jesus says... You know, you've heard 
This has been said. Let me get this right here. You've heard that it has been said that whosoever wants to divorce his wife should give her a writing, a writ of divorcement. But I say to you that whosoever wants to divorce his wife causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever marries a woman who has been divorced commits adultery. You've heard this been said. Who said it? Moses. That if you want to divorce your wife, you must give her this little paper listing all these reasons why I want to divorce you. In Mark, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Now, Moses said it's okay to divorce. What do you, Jesus, what do you say about divorce? And Jesus says, well, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses said, it's okay to divorce. But he said it was not so from the beginning. Because he said, for this cause, a man should leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two become one. And what God has put together, let no man separate. He said, for the hardness of your heart, Moses gave you this commandment. But Jesus says, but I say to you that whosoever separates divorces from his wife except for the cause of infidelity, of unfaithfulness, he causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever marries her commits adultery. Now, you know what, brothers and sisters, we have some people in this congregation that this is their second marriage. And it's a very good thing to know that God is a God of fresh starts and new beginnings. The past is behind us. He's a God of fresh starts and new beginnings. But if you are married today, if I am married today, and you and I are having problems in our marriage, he's saying this is a hell worth dying on. This is an institution worth dying on. You love your kids? Work on this. In two weeks, we're going to have a marriage conference here. Even if you have a good marriage, go, 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 go. The greatest gift Father has given us is one another. And men, we have the high charge. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He gave himself for it without reservation. And that's how husbands are to love their wives. Unfortunately, there's not a man in this room who can do that. But there's a spirit... And the son who can do that is you abide in, and I abide in him. And he can love our wives through us as he loved the church. And it says, wives, respect your husbands. You know, some of us husbands have done things that have caused our wives to lose respect for us. But you know, by the grace of God, wives, abiding in Christ, you can, I can, you can forgive your husband. And you can ask Christ to love your husband through you. You can ask Christ to give you his love for your husband. This is really important. You know, there's not a person in this room who doesn't love their children. But if your marriage is not good, if my marriage is not good, we're not loving our children. Because the best thing you can do for your children is not to give them a degree at ISB or the School of Beijing or WAB or whatever. The best thing you and I can do for our children is to let them grow up in a home 
where they feel safe. And a safe home is where daddy is loving mommy and mommy is loving daddy. And then they feel very loved and cared for. And in that environment, they can grow, they can learn. And we can speak life and we can speak truth into them. Jesus says, don't, don't divorce. Don't, this, is not, this is not the way out. The source of all contention, Proverbs tells us, is pride. The reason we can't get along with one another is because we're both simultaneously in the flesh. Some years ago, when I first got married, and we were running a little short on time, but when I first got married, I'd do things, and Kathy'd say, oh, you're just like your father. And then I'd say, oh, no, I'm not. And then a few more later, after I got a little more mature, she'd say, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother. And I would say, oh, well, yeah, but I'm going I'm to work on that. I'm going to try to get better. And I remember some years ago, maybe 20, 25 years ago, I did something or I didn't do something, and Kathy said, oh, you're just like your father. And I could see this look in her eye, and it's like she knew I was hardwired just like my father. There was like, it was like this look of absolute hopelessness. You're just like your father. And I knew to say to her, well, I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to change. That was just, she knew I couldn't. So I looked at her and I said, you know what you just saw? And she said, no. I said, you just saw my flesh. And it's just like my father's, which is like his father's, and like his father's, like his grandfather's, just like Adam's. I said, you hate my flesh, don't you? And she went. (laughs) And I said to her, you know what? I hate my flesh too. Would you do me a favor? When you start seeing me do something or not doing something just like my father, just like my mother, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me that I learn to abide in Christ? Because Christ is not like my father. He's not like my mother. He's not like Adam. Would you pray for me that I can abide in Christ? Because Christ through me can love you the way you need to be loved. And I saw a little glimpse of hope, but just a lot of unbelief. (laughs) Well, it worked. And uh, I don't say that anymore, like I'm going to do better or whatever. I just, you know, if, if I find myself doing something or not doing something that hurts my wife and makes her feel unloved and uncared for, I say... Please forgive me. I ask Jesus, please forgive me. I say, Lord Jesus, love her through me. She's heard me say that in front of her. Lord Jesus, love her through me. You know I can't. Love her through me. And then that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Uh, we can talk more about this later. Uh, we we got a bunch of Sundays. Uh, we have at our exposal, Mark talked about it. He didn't just save us. From his wrath. He saved us. He saved us so each of us can be ambassadors of his this week, wherever we are, in whatever circumstance we're in, as we abide in him. Jesus says, I am the true vine that brings Father's life into the world. Each one of you are a branch, a part of me. Abide in me, and I will abide. I will make my home in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing that will stand the judgment of God. Apart from me, depart from me, and you'll wither just like a branch without water. But if you abide in me, if you make your home in me, I will make my home in you, I will abide in you, and my life, my love, my joy, my peace, my patience, my kindness, my goodness, my faithfulness, my meekness, my self-control will flow through you. 
He says, and this is my Father glorified that my life manifests itself in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is just a little more Christ. And that's a good thing. Now I'm going to pray, and when I pray, the musicians will come up, and we'll have one more song, which is a good thing. Father, how good it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together. And Father, I thank you for the, uh, the, the bond of marriage you've given us. I thank you that uh, even though we have time after time committed spiritual adultery, time after time been unfaithful to you, and you had, it was never grounds of divorce. You've never divorced us. You do not divorce us. You always forgive. And through the blood of Jesus, you actually forget. And so, Father, I pray that even though in some of our marriages, we might even have grounds for divorce, that we would follow the example of the Lord Jesus and not divorce because we have grounds, but forgive, ask forgiveness. And try again, as you are faithful to us when we are unfaithful to you, that we would be faithful to our spouses, even if they are unfaithful to us. That you would give us the grace to live in harmony with one another. And that you would give us the grace to abide in you this week. That every man in circumstance might be affected and infected by the relationship we have with you, Jesus flowing his life through us. And we make this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.